The Old Testament reading, which serves as the text for our sermon, this the sixth Sunday after Pentecost, comes from the prophet Ezekiel, the second chapter. He said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak with you. And as he spoke to me, the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I send you to the people of Israel, to nations of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants also are impudent and stubborn. I send you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord. And whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. For from him and through him and to him are all things. The epistle reading comes from Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth, the 12th chapter. I must go on boasting. Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who fourteen years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from being too elated by the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me. To keep me from being too elated. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel comes to us according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. Jesus went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, 
and he went about among the villages teaching. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. And this is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Wanted. One prophet to speak the word of God to people unwilling to listen. Must be willing to endure resistance, ridicule, and utter rejection from rebellious people who are content in their sin and have been for generations. Low pay, dangerous work, low chance of success, but excellent retirement benefits. Now, if you read this ad in the paper, how quick would you be to call that number and apply? And yet, that is essentially the calling of the prophet Ezekiel in our Old Testament reading today. God says that he is sending Ezekiel to the people of Israel, to nations of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants also are impudent and stubborn. That's the field Ezekiel is called to go to. And what's more, God pretty much says that there will be many who won't listen, who won't believe a word of what Ezekiel has to say. And yet, Ezekiel is called to go, to be bold, to make sure that whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. God calls Ezekiel to a hard task. And it's not just Ezekiel either. All prophets faced the same daunting circumstances. All apostles, all missionaries, all pastors, all Christians. We are all called to speak the word of God boldly in the face of opposition and resistance. To proclaim the love of Jesus to a world that hates his word. Just as he said to the prophets and the apostles, God says to each and every one of us today, just because the world doesn't believe, don't stop proclaiming the word. God told Ezekiel that many would not believe, but he was still to proclaim the word. He was still to be bold. He was still to say, thus says the Lord, with authority, with power and might. He did not tell Ezekiel, you know, water the message down. Make it a little more palatable. He didn't say, go play to your strengths and, you know, let's do something real jazzy. Get the people's attentions. He said, this is what you will say. Thus says the Lord. And you will speak the word of God whether they like it or not. The sin and spiritual laziness that Ezekiel was confronting It was generational. 
For generation upon generation, the people of Israel had gotten comfortable, had gotten lazy, had decided they really didn't need God in their lives. They had been living in safety and luxury for quite some time. They had no desire for God to come and disrupt that. They had no enemy that they were facing that they needed God to save them from. And what Ezekiel was called to proclaim, it was an unpopular message. Because the people of Israel, they loved their wickedness and sin. They took pride in it. It felt good, and everyone was doing it. They had adopted the shameful practices of the pagan idols around them because they felt that it made them fit in better. It made them feel more liked by the other people. It gave them something new and different and neat in their spiritual life. So they brought in all these pagan practices, all these ritualistic things that God said, don't do these things. And they're like, yeah, but they're fun and everyone else is doing it. Most people that Ezekiel was speaking to had abandoned the true word of God and pretended that God had changed with the times, that their culture sets the rules because, well, it's what we want to do, so obviously it's right. And so for Ezekiel to come along and say, Thus says the Lord, Stop living like beasts, you filthy, wretched, degenerate sinners. That was not going to go over well. And God warned Ezekiel about it. And he was absolutely right. And yet, Ezekiel was called to proclaim that word. Not to speak it quietly to a couple people here and there. Not to just go to the churches of the faithful and say, keep on keeping on, you guys are doing a great job, and God's with you in this, he's going to pull you through. He was called to proclaim to the entire nation of Israel, the entire nation that hated God, essentially, that this was the word of the Lord. That they were placing themselves in mortal and eternal danger by disobeying the word of God. That the word of God alone could save, and they needed to repent of their sin and turn back to that word of God. That's what Ezekiel was told to do for the whole nation. Because people needed that warning and that wake-up call, whether they realized it or not. And because if even one person heeded the word that Ezekiel spoke, it would mean the difference between eternal death and eternal life for one of God's redeemed children. Because God doesn't give up on his sinful creation, even when we give up on him. God doesn't turn his back on the rebellious people who constantly flaunt their sin and take pride in it and rejoice in it and tell everybody, you should do it too because it's fun. God keeps speaking his word. He keeps sending the faithful to proclaim that word. He keeps calling out to his degenerate, lost children and saying, Come back to me and receive the grace and mercy and love that I have purchased for you. And so Ezekiel went. And he proclaimed the word of God boldly, faithfully, even in the face of rejection. And while there were those who did indeed hear and believe... Many did not. Just like it was with all the other prophets before and after him, 
just like it was with the disciples that Jesus sent out two by two, just like it was with Jesus himself as he was rejected, speaking his own word of salvation, just like it was for faithful pastors and missionaries and Christians all throughout history, and just like it will be for you and me. We know that there are many people in our lives that will not believe that precious word of God. But we don't stop. We still proclaim the word wherever we go. Not just because God has told us to, and that's what's demanded of us, and certainly not to earn points with God, because if we were counting on that to get into heaven, we're lost. But we do it because we want everyone to hear and to know the Word of God. The true Word of God. Not the watered-down, weird version that a lot of modern Christianity puts out there that turns it into kind of a self-help book and self-affirmation class that says, do whatever you want and God's cool with it. We want everyone to hear the Word of the Lord, to repent of their sin and have that true forgiveness that lasts forever. We want our family to know. We want our friends to know, our co-workers, the strangers that we run into on the street. The Word of God is for all people, and it is needed by all people. And we want our lives to be living witnesses of that Word, so that whether they hear or refuse to hear, they will know that a Christian has been in their midst. And not just because by quoting Bible verses here and there, or getting a nice cross tattoo so we don't actually have to think about it. We live our Christian life. We live the godly virtues that God has given us. We refuse to take part in the godless ways of the world around us. We stand out from this culture and proclaim our Christian faith. When people ask us why we don't do something, we don't just kind of hang our heads and mutter, well, I don't feel like it today. We say, because it's wrong. Because God has said it's wrong. Because it leads only to death and despair. And God has given us a better way. We want to be a Christian witness wherever we go in this world. Letting our light shine out in this world of darkness and death. But in order to be a Christian witness, we need to know what it is that we are witnessing. We need to know what it is that we are sharing with those around us. And so while God calls us and tells us that just because the world doesn't believe we are, we're not to stop proclaiming his word, he also tells us that just because the world doesn't believe, don't stop believing the word. That's the temptation, isn't it? The world doesn't believe, so why should we? We listen to the garbage on TV and in movies that mock Christianity and say it has no place in our world, that because we are educated and enlightened and so much smarter than those knuckle-draggers long ago who invented this stuff to control the population, we start to believe it. We start to think we can do it on our own. We start to think maybe we don't need God. But that is so wrong. While it is our joyful duty to proclaim the word, it's an even greater joy to believe that same word and receive the eternal benefits of it. The word of God is for the entire world, but it is for you as well. 
That word gives you your salvation. By the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, your sin is forgiven completely. It is taken away from you as far as the east is from the west. All the wrongdoing that you have done, every time you have failed to witness, every time you have taken part in the world's wicked ways, it is erased as if it never happened in the eyes of God. You are washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ, never to be soiled again. Jesus took on human flesh and humbled himself to suffer in this world to save you. He came and faced the rejection and despising of his family and friends and strangers. He came and faced the mocking and the ridicule and the spitting and the beating and the false trial and everything so that you could be with him forever. He loves you enough that he gave up absolutely everything, stepped away from his heavenly throne and subjected himself to death even death on the cross, so that you could be with him in heaven forever. He was crucified in your place. He rose again to give you the victory, and he will come again to carry you in his loving arms to your eternal heavenly home that he himself won for you, prepared for you, and will share with you forever. That's the message of the Bible. It's not about control. It's not about whipping your sinful lives into shape. It's not about making sure everybody behaves the same way. It is about repenting of our sin, looking to God in faith, and acknowledging that He and He alone can save us from our sin, and that He does so willingly, lovingly, daily, constantly, cleansing us in the waters of baptism, taking away all of our guilt, no matter how long we have strayed from his holy church. That's the glorious message that Jesus Christ has given to us. And the world needs to hear that word of God. And so we don't stop proclaiming it, but we need to hear it as well. So we don't stop believing it. We hear the word of God with joy in our homes, in our churches, with our friends and family. We read the Word of God, acknowledging the treasure that it is that can never be plumbed to its full depths, seeing new riches in it each and every time that we come to that precious Word. We enjoy the Word of God. We don't see it as some terrible chore that we have to endure as a Christian, but we see it as the Word of salvation that God, the Creator of all things, has given to us the free gift of salvation that comes from that word and that word alone. We rejoice that that word is so freely available to us in so many different ways. And we rejoice that we are free to share that word with others without fear of the police coming and arresting us or kicking down our doors. We give thanks to God for all of the opportunities that we have to hear that word and to share that word with others. And just because the world doesn't believe doesn't mean that that word isn't true. Rejoice in the word of God because there and there alone is salvation. No other man-made religion can give you anything close to the peace of Christianity. No man-made God has any power to save, much less has any desire to do so. 
His word alone is truth and perfection. His word alone stands up to the scrutiny and challenge of the unbelieving world around us. His word alone gives you that free and undeserved gift of eternal life in heaven. And it gives it to you not based on how well you do or anything that you do. It gives it to you freely. Repent of your sin. Look to Jesus Christ in the faith that he himself works in your heart and you are forgiven. When the world hears the word of God, it will scoff. It will mock and ridicule and reject because the world hates God's eternal truth. The world doesn't want to live by God's rules. The world doesn't even want to acknowledge that God exists. But God, the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, calling His people continually, speaking His word through others, telling His people to share His word of both law and gospel with a rebellious world that doesn't want to hear it but needs to hear it. Dear Christian, you too are called to live out a life of bold Christian witness so that those around you will see the word of God in action. And whether they hear or refuse to hear, they will know that a prophet, one who speaks the word of God, has been among them. Some will hear and believe, many will not. But just because the world doesn't believe, don't stop proclaiming the word And certainly don't stop believing the word. Because the word of God is true. It is eternal. It is perfect. It is complete truth that assures you of the glorious gospel message of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That despite your sinful, rebellious ways, by the cross of Jesus Christ alone, by his empty tomb alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins. And eternal life in heaven is yours. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.